0: Welcome to a very special edition of Disclosure, a radio program brought to you by the good people at The Voice of Prophecy. And this week it is our holiday special. Gene... It's good to have you in studio. Good to be here. You're not sick of me at home, so you came into the studio, and you just wanted to spend <laughs> extra time with me today, didn't you? Well,
1: yes. If I were yeah. sick of you already, then we'd be in trouble, wouldn't yeah.
0: we? Well, it's been what? How long have we been married? Like 80 years? Mm,
1: or does it just feel, just feel like... Yeah,
0: it just yeah. feels that way? Like 80 Tw- years?
1: 20-ish. Not quite 25 yet. Not
0: quite 25 years. But no. it's that time of year again. We have been on this planet traveling around the sun together now for 23, 24 times, and oh, this dear. time of year comes around every year. I'm the Grinch, the Bah Humbug guy in the house, but... This is actually a, a season when a lot of people are getting well. I'll hear. Let me be honest. They're getting sick and tired of all the Christmas music and the Christmas decorations, the carols playing in the department store, the TV commercials, mm. nonstop advertising, nonstop cooking, company mm. coming over. You got to go to a school concert if you're a parent and listen to the Squeaky Reed Band You've play got- the the Christmas hits that nobody wants to hear, <laughs> and getting you know you get dragged from one Christmas thing to the other. And it's hands down the most stressful holiday season of the year for a lot of people. Like, nobody likes Christmas, right?
1: No. I strongly object. So... I like going to the Christmas concerts no, and hearing on, the little kids, kids squeak through their instruments. They they're adorable. They can't
0: play those things. It's awful. <laughs> I, I need an aspirin after I'm done at the school concert.
1: No, they're not meant to be perfect. It's the cuteness that yeah. I love. Yeah, and then we dress
0: them up in bathrobes with towels on their heads.
1: Oh, I miss those years. Those you, are you adorable. Do? Well,
0: here's what I do like. Here's what I do like. Look, mm-hmm. I'm, you know I'm kind of a Grinch. I'm kind of a bah Humbug. The only holiday I genuinely like is Thanksgiving. Yeah. But, but at the Christmas season, at least for a few weeks, most people who would never otherwise darken a church door, would never otherwise crack a Bible, would never otherwise talk about God, they're willing to spend a few minutes talking about Jesus or at least, you know, hearing about Jesus. Right. And it seems like most of the year now, talking openly about your faith is kind of taboo. People will tell you, oh, you're a Christian, you're a bigot, you're intolerant, you're closed-minded, you're a simpleton. But they all kind of soften up at the Christmas season, mm-hmm. um, right? Mm-hmm. The rest of the year they say, look, Christians, that's everything that's wrong with the world is you people, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And maybe they've met some Christians that kind of justify that that claim. But but at this time of year, all of a sudden, it's cool to be a Christian again for a week or two. And, <laughs> and, and um, you know, yeah. when those claymation specials are coming on TV and all that stuff that I can't stand. But people are, people are willing. So here's yeah. what we want to do today. Let's cash in on that. People want to talk about Jesus. We love talking about Jesus. And so I'm willing Just for today, just for today, to talk about some Christmassy kind of things.
1: Okay. Okay, we're going to relax
0: a little bit. I've got my shoes off. I might even put my feet up on the table. Mm -hmm. And we'll relax a little bit. I'll put on my, my really ugly Christmas sweater. And uh, we'll make this a special holiday episode of Disclosure. How does that sound well, to you?
1: Sounds wonderful. Yeah,
0: I knew you were going to say yes. Because
1: I love Christmas, and I love all talking about the wonderful no. stories from the Bible. Oh, okay, I that love part, that, every part's, part
0: of, that well, part's good, but I'm I, the only guy in the house. You this is totally a female guy. holiday. Guys, call in. Write in and tell me your Christmas experience. If you're the only man in the house, I want to hear from you.
1: Well, I'm sure there are a few men out there who enjoy Christmas. Oh, come on. At least, at least one or yeah, two. Yeah, and
0: they love the bill afterwards. <laughs> when the women are done, we get the bill.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I who gets that, the bill in that, our house? No, I pay yeah, the bill. You, you
0: do all the bill paying. <laughs> that may go down as the most sexist statement in the history of the Voice of Prophecy. Yeah, pretty. When it's you guys are done having close. your fun, the man has to pay the bill.
1: <laughs> yes, because I, I, was pay the
0: the I was born in the rocks. I was born in the rocks. Please send your complaint letters to Box Nine 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 Loveland, Colorado, care of Jean Boonstra. I don't want those. Okay, Jean, <laughs> let's be. Let, no. But tell me, you know, you do love the holiday season. We all know Jesus wasn't actually born on December twenty-five. We know that. Um, But tell me, you know, tell me about your, everybody gets nostalgic. Tell me about some of your favorite holiday memories.
1: Everybody does get nostalgic, that's true. Well, holiday memories. I have wonderful memories of when our daughters were little, but if you say nostalgic, let me think back to when I was a kid. I think we all love to look back on our childhood. 60, 70 years ago? (laughs) Little less. Little, little, tiny bit less. But, um... Hmm. There's one kind of unique memory I have from Christmas that has really stuck with me over the years. And that was, I think I must have been in the fifth or or sixth grade, if I recall. So I was probably about 12, maybe 13 years at the oldest. And I remember getting my first calligraphy set for Christmas. And as you know, um, I ended up, doing calligraphy all through uh, middle school and high school I had an art teacher that taught a whole class on calligraphy so that was my first taste of something that became a real love for me and I remember opening that probably on Christmas morning but what I really remember is for for some reason that evening it's the only memory I have of both my grandfathers being together I'm sure probably when I was very young, they were together with me at some point, but this is the only memory I have. So I vividly recall... Lying on the the floor in the living room, playing, sure. scribbling with my new calligraphy set in a notebook, and looking up at the couch in front of me, and there's the little cream loveseat. love seat. You remember them? We inherited those love seats later when well, that's we got right. married. It, those are
0: those love seats your parents gave us when we first got married. Yeah, they were well worn. Well, those worn are really old. My no mom then. gave them away. They were ancient. They, they
1: were ancient, <laughs> but yeah. at that time they're relatively new. So I'm I'm looking up, and there are both my grandfathers seated on this love seat. So. I'm watching them, and they're talking to each other. So both of these men were World War II vets. So there's my dad's dad, my Grandpa Harry, we called him. Right. He was born in England, emigrated to Canada as a young man. And then when the war broke out, he actually went back to England, serving with the Canadian forces. And he was stationed there in England for a while, six months, maybe a year, enough time to meet a woman, Uh, my grandmother, get married, and, and buy 44, he's married and they're already expecting my dad. Um, so he's there stationed and eventually toward the end of the war, he is deployed and he serves as the communications man, the signal man, and he serves with the Allied forces there at the Battle of Monte Cassino. So he's there in Italy. Right. So there he is. He's he. I can still picture him. He's sharing war stories, reliving these memories. And then beside him is my mother's father, my granddad, who you have met. You yep. met my grandpa Archie, as yep. you call. Him. I loved
2: him. Yep.
1: <laughs> so he served with the Canadian forces. He was part of the raid on Dieppe, France that happened in the summer of '42. That was sort of a pivotal moment in World War II, as we know. Many of those soldiers were Canadian. The majority of those soldiers were were Canadian, and many were killed. Um, He obviously survived. He drove a tank, and he was captured, and he was a POW for two years. So there are these two men that I loved, and they're talking, and I can see my Grandpa Harry has these wonderful memories, and my granddad's trying to one-up him, you know, like His war experience was so much more difficult and, and more harsh. And, men are, and men you are not see known them. to do this. Men are not
0: known to try and one-up <laughs> each other in a story.
1: They were. They're one-upping. I can see my granddad's getting irritated and annoyed by my Grandpa Harry, who's so laid back and just talking. And it was wonderful. As a young child, I just absolutely loved it, and it was stuck, has stuck with me vividly to this day.
0: Well, that is such a nice story i was Mm -hmm. trying to think what is my favorite christmas you know memory um and all i can think of is a really bitter memory just a bitter angry memory yeah absolutely no i asked for you know my parents were immigrants from holland and um i asked for skis for christmas and you know skis were expensive back in the whenever i was a kid back in the 1920s
3: and (laughs) skis were expensive and
0: i thought oh i'll never get skis and so i asked for them anyway and um and so as I go looking through all these presents that are wrapped, I'm a notorious present shaker. Oh, you I, are I, to this day. You no, drive as, a, me as crazy. a kid, like if you give me a birthday present, I'm going to shake it first and uh-huh. see what's in it first and try and guess. We even once, we even once, you write your complaint letters to Gene Boonster for what I'm about to say. But um, I even once snuck downstairs and um, and slit the tape open on a couple of gifts, and I you looked inside, did. and then we rewrapped them. Yeah, absolutely, we rewrapped them. We knew exactly what was in there. So
1: that's why when I started <laughs> experiencing Christmas with your family, your mom would double, triple wrap stuff. Oh, she used duct tape. She would oh, yeah, duct not Because no, we would
0: slit it open and take a peek. <laughs> um, but So I go downstairs, and here's this long package. I can't believe it. I'm getting skis. Oh. There are skis there for me. I can't believe it. I'm going to get skis. And then I look at the label. It's for my brother. It's yeah. for my brother. It's like okay. I can't believe it. He didn't even ask for skis. Like I didn't expect to get them. They're expensive. I didn't expect that at all. And there it is. See, this is such a selfish, self-absorbed memory. I'm maybe eight or nine years old, mm-hmm. and I remember getting angry. I storm out of the house. I'm out in the snow and the cold. It's like, "Why would they give my brother skis? Nobody likes my brother anyway." Oh, and feeling sorry for yourself. Yeah, feeling yeah. sorry for myself. Mm-hmm. And there's no, there's no long skinny package for me under that tree. That, no, that's like. So I'm, I'm really upset. And turns out it was a hockey stick anyway. So you know, the total oh. Canadian story. (laughs) Total Canadian Canadian story, eh? Total Canadian story, eh? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it was a hockey stick. And so there you go. I was that selfish kid. And there's one of the things. You know, we know Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. There's no question about it. And the actual date has some pagan roots. So there are two groups of Christians. One group of Christians says, we're not celebrating Christmas at all. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense from a biblical point of view. Oliver Cromwell was of that mind. And and you can say, yeah, I won't do that. Others say, look, yeah, the date was pagan, but it is the birth of Jesus' son. So the... There are two groups of Christians, and they should stay out of each other's hair, frankly. But there I was, exhibiting the most negative traits of the holiday season, being selfish and self-absorbed, and, and so on. Here, here's what we're going to do. We're coming up against a, a break, Gene, and what we're going to do is, some years ago, we did a, a, a TV special right across the continent, Canada, the U.S., on Christmas.
1: Yes, ABC TV special.
0: And Mm -hmm. I talked in that, you know, I delivered a message, a Christmas message, a a seasonal message that talked about the birth of Christ, but emphasized the fact that Jesus was actually in existence long before he was born and had dialogue with the human race, and that the birth of Christ was actually a thousands-of-year-long process and the answer to everybody's dreams. I think the title of that message was Peace on Earth. So what we're going to do I think, you know, we're getting close to a break. That was done, I think, first aired on ABC TV. It's been on other networks since. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was in the Washington, D.C. area where we did that.
1: Yes, it was. Yeah.
0: And mm-hmm. so it, it's a message that's going to take up the next segment of, of the program. And we're going to come. What, what What's going to happen? When we come out of it, you're going to hear me preaching. And it's not that I'm standing on the desk in the studio preaching. This is a a seasonal message that I delivered in the Washington, D.C. area some time ago. I'm hoping people will get out their Bibles and follow along and see where Jesus was all those years leading up to his birth and why the birth of Christ is so significant. This is God becoming a human being, God stepping into our world directly as one of us, fully God, fully human, Jesus intervening in the affairs of men and giving himself completely, not just his life at the cross, but giving him his whole self To the human race for all time. So that message is called Peace on Earth. After the break, you'll hear that. It'll just begin when we come back from the break. In the meantime, I want you to listen to this special offer from the people at the Voice of Prophecy. Um, This is something you're going to want to take advantage of, so grab a pen and paper, and when we come back, the message Peace on Earth.
3: Are you searching for answers to life's toughest questions like, Where is God when we suffer? Can I find real happiness? Or is there any hope for our chaotic world? The Discover Bible Guides will help you find the answers you're looking for. Visit us at BibleStudies.com or give us a call at 888-456-7933 for your free Discover Bible Guides. Study online on our secure website or have the free guides mailed right to your home. There is never a cost or obligation. The Discover Bible Guides are our free gift to you. Find answers in guides like, Does my life really matter to God? and A second chance at life. You'll find answers to the things that matter most to you in each of the 26 Discover Bible Guides. Visit BibleStudies.com and begin your journey today to discover answers to life's deepest questions.
0: There's an unusual passage in the Old Testament prophet of Haggai, where the prophet refers to the coming Messiah as the desire of all nations. And of course, that's not one of the better known titles for Jesus, and it's certainly not one of the ones that you expect to hear at Christmas time. What you want at Christmas time is the prophet Isaiah, wonderful counselor, prince of peace. Unto us a child is born, but Haggai goes down a completely different path. Haggai calls Jesus the desire of all nations, and if you want to understand why he might call Jesus the desire of all nations, in my humble opinion, one of the best places to start looking is in Exodus chapter 33. Now I know, again, Exodus 33 is not what you expect at Christmas time. You want Matthew chapter 1, you want Luke chapter 2, but I think if you bear with me for a moment, You'll see that both Exodus 33 and Haggai start to make some really good Christmas sense. In Exodus chapter 33, Moses is out in the desert, and there are hundreds of thousands of people relying on him with their very lives, and he's beginning to feel the weight of leadership, the pressure of leading these people, and he wants to a little bit more from God. He wants to know that God is especially close because he's responsible. And so he's standing on the mountaintop. He's as close to God as you can physically get. And God is veiled just inside the cloud. And in Exodus 33, Moses begins to plead with God, Please, come out from behind the cloud. Let me see just a little bit more of you. I need to see your face. I feel completely alone out here in the wilderness. Please, more. Lord, I know you're real. I saw the miracles. I saw what happened in Pharaoh's palace. I saw you in the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. I saw the waters of the Red Sea part, but I need something more. I've got to know that you're close. I need you. Please, God, step out from behind the cloud. Moses, I would love to. I would love to get closer to you. I would love to step out, but you don't understand I can't do it. My presence used to be a delight to your first parents. In Eden, they loved to have me come in the cool of the evening. I was a delight to you then. But ever since sin, ever since you were separated from me, my presence has become a consuming fire. Moses, I would dearly love to step out from behind the cloud. But if I did, it would kill you. I can't do it. But Lord, please, there's got to be something you can give me. Some token of your presence. I need to see something. It's the cry of the whole human race. We look out into space through a telescope, and we see vast, empty regions, and we look back at this tiny blue marble that we live on, and we ask the question, are we really alone here? Because while our planet is small, the problems seem big. Am I by myself? Lord, please. Now, how in the world is Exodus 33 a Christmas story? Well, let me ask you a question. Who exactly is Moses speaking to inside the cloud? 1 Corinthians 10 leaves no doubt about it. Paul tells us point blank that the presence in the cloud that followed Israel across the desert was none other than Jesus Christ. That's who's in the cloud. And Moses on the mountain is getting his first glimpse of the baby who would be born in Bethlehem some 1,500 years later. He's starting to see Jesus. And once you start to see Jesus, once you start to grasp who he is, you never get enough. The desire in your heart just builds and builds. Lord, please show me something. I need to see you. All right, Moses, i tell you what I'll do. I'll show you what I can. Now, I don't want you to miss what happens in the story because it reveals something interesting about God. He wants to step out from behind the cloud. He would love dearly to get closer to the human race. He wants to because he has seen the way that we live. He has seen what has happened to us since we separated from him, and it rips his heart out. He can't stand it. He wants to get closer. He wants to step into this world because he has seen what is happening to us, and not only has he seen it, he has felt it. He feels what it's like when we run scared from the next epidemic and Ebola touches down in places all over the world. God feels it. He sees the rockets go one direction in Palestine and the tanks move the other direction and he feels it. He sees it. He sees the children going to bed hungry at night and the heart of God feels it. He sees young children abducted in India and sold into prostitution at 14 years of age. And the heart of God feels it. And he longs to step into this world and do something about it. He longs to step in and put a stop to it. He has felt it all. The Bible says in Psalm 56 that he has written down every one of our tears. In fact, it says in Psalm 56 that God has collected every one of our tears in a bottle. He felt them all. And he looks at our world the way that it is right now today, and he knows in his heart this is not the way he designed it. This is not the way he designed for you and I to live, and he wants to get closer. He wants to put a stop to it. But how in the world do you do that? How do you put a stop to evil without destroying the people involved in it? How do you step out from behind the cloud and put a stop to all the suffering without destroying me, without destroying you? Because, I mean, if we're really honest about it, We'd have to admit we've had a hand in the way that the world is. We've had a part to play. There's evil that lurks in every human heart, and if you have a quiet moment and think about it, you suddenly start to see it. Yes, we're not all Pol Pot and we're not all Hitler, but there's a part that we have played in the downgrading of God's creation. How does God step out from behind the cloud without destroying me? How does he do it? What's the problem that he's got? Moses, listen, I'd love to step out. Here's what I'm going to do. I'll show you what I can. Now listen carefully. It's Exodus 34, and it is a Christmas story. The Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. What did God show Moses on the mountain? He showed him his perfect, flawless character. He showed him his intention of peace and goodwill toward all men. He showed Moses something of the baby that would be born in Bethlehem 1,500 years later. God showed Moses the desire of all nations. And as it turns out, the desire of all nations is exactly everything you would hope God would be. It's Jesus. Listen to what Haggai actually wrote. And I will shake all nations, and they shall come to the desire of all nations. There's that title for Jesus. And I will fill this temple with glory, the thing that Moses begged to see. Which temple? It's the second temple. As Haggai is writing this, the children of Israel are on their way back from Babylonian captivity and they have to rebuild the temple. And it's a daunting task. And Haggai says, when you build that second temple, it will be filled with God's glory. Now that's an exciting promise because they knew their history. When Solomon had dedicated the first temple, the presence of God had literally shown up. It had moved right in in a cloud and they could point to the temple and say, see, God is with us. He has not abandoned us. So they got excited. Haggai said, this temple will be filled with glory too. And they rebuilt it, and they dedicated it, and nothing happened. No choir of angels, no fire came down from heaven, no brilliant cloud of God's glory, and absolutely no peace on earth. In fact, the next thing they had were four Greek kings and then Roman occupation. No peace on earth. And it was bitter. It was hard to understand. Did God fail us in the promise? Where is the glory of God? It was supposed to fill this temple. Verse 9 of Haggai 2. The glory of this latter temple will be greater than the first. And in this place I will give peace. We don't have peace on earth. Did you fail us, God? It was hard to understand. It was bitter, and God's people were tempted to think that the human race is now on its own, just like people are tempted to think now. And then in the fullness of time, 500 years later, suddenly God himself with human feet walked into that temple and began to teach. God in human flesh, God right among us as one of us, and now there was no doubt that Haggai was right, the glory of the second temple would be greater. Now listen to the Christmas story, but listen to it with Haggai's ears. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Not God near us, not God up above us somewhere, not God hiding in a cloud, not God behind the veil in the most holy place of the temple, but God on the outside with us in flesh. God with us. Listen to the Christmas story from Haggai's ears. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. They're shepherds, just like Moses the day he asked to see God. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Well, of course they were. If you see the glory of the Lord, you're going to die. glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace. It's everything Haggai promised. The glory of God and peace on earth. Now, maybe you've noticed the story doesn't seem to be complete. Where is the peace on earth? Where is it? We still have kids who go to bed hungry every night, even in America we still have natural disasters. We still have people who start wars. We still have riots in the streets, and we certainly don't have peace on earth. And even the second temple that Haggai spoke about lies in ruins. Where is it? In the fullness of time, God will finish the story. It's not over yet. There's more to come. Listen to the way the Bible ends. He's not done with the plan. He's already stepped out from behind the cloud and joined us here in this world, born as a baby in a manger, walked with us, understands what life is like, and he will keep his word. He will bring peace on earth. It's just the Bible says he's long-suffering, not willing that any should perish. He's getting closer. The question is, as he gets closer, what will you do with him? Her name was Hannah. She lived in a little hovel on the edge of town, and she kept to herself. In fact, if you were to ever knock on Hannah's door, she would turn out the lights and pretend she wasn't home. Now, I know some of you have done that on occasion too, but Hannah has done it every single time. Turned out the lights, nobody's home, she would dive behind the couch. She had nothing to do with the community because the community had hurt her one too many times. The only thing she ever did with the community was at Christmas time. She would sit in her bedroom because the community had a Christmas party at the community center half a block from her house, and she would open her window just a gap so that she could hear the people singing. And somehow that made her feel warm and reminded her of her childhood and made her feel safe for just one evening. Year after year, she did that, and then one winter, she got sick. And she went to see the doctor, and the doctor said, Hannah, you're not going to get better this time. It's time to get your affairs in order. And so she did. And even though she hadn't darkened the church door in 26 years, she called for the pastor. And the pastor came over and read all the pastor stuff that pastors read. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. And they sat quietly and listened. Just listened for nothing in particular. And that's when she heard it. Voices. Master," she said, I've lost track of time. It's that Christmas party at the community center. Would you open my window just a crack so I could listen? And he did. Not so much that she would get cold because death is cold enough all by itself. And he opened it just a crack and she listened to the people sing. And at one point in her dying, feeble voice, she sang along. Silent night, holy night. And she began to cry. What's the matter, Hannah? Oh, Pastor, every year they had that party, and I wanted to go so badly, and I never went. I just enjoyed it from a distance, and I wanted to go. Hannah, why did you never go? They didn't want me. What makes you think that, Hannah? Nobody ever invited me. But Hannah, every year when I knocked on your door, you turned out the lights, and you pretended you weren't home. What a shame. It was so close, and it was open to her. God has already stepped out from behind the cloud and joined us as a real flesh-and-blood human being. That's what that baby was in Bethlehem, and now he says he will come again. And so many people feel they're not invited by God, but at this moment, as the world thinks about the baby in Bethlehem, no, he has just knocked on the door of your heart. And the question is, do you turn out the lights? Or do you open the door? Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill to all men. That was Peace on Earth delivered live in the Washington, D.C. area. Listen, that is the end of this segment, and some markets were about to disappear. So from all of us at the VOP, all the best of the holidays. If we're about to stay on your radio station, stick with us. More Christmas memories, holiday memories coming right up. This is Disclosure. I'm Sean Boonster. We'll be right back.
1: Searching for answers to life's toughest questions? Like, where is God when we suffer? Can I find real happiness? Does my life really matter to God? Or is there any hope for our chaotic world? The Discover Bible Guides will help you find the answers that you're looking for. Visit us at BibleStudies.com or give us a call at 888 456 7933 for your free Discover Bible Guides. Study online on our secure website or have the free guides mailed right to your home. There is never a cost or obligation. The Discover Bible Guides are our free gift to you. Find answers in guides like A Second Chance at Life. You'll find answers to the things that matter the most to you. Visit BibleStudies.com and begin your journey today to discover answers to life's deepest questions.
0: back to the back half of this special holiday edition of Disclosure. Gene, I think it's probably time for a little bit of Christmas music, right? Oh, I mean, people have wonderful. the radio on in the background. And I, I think, you know, I'm going to play disc jockey today. I, I know we have some tracks here, and what we're going to look listen to in a moment is the Angel's Carol.
3: Ooh, uh,
0: yeah, the Angel's Carol. Piece. Look, if there's one thing everybody loves about the Christmas season, it's kids, right? For so, For some reason, we just love it. I was complaining about it earlier, but we all kind of love it. We dress them up, and <laughs> in bathrobes. We pretend that they're shepherds. There's always one poor kid who has a tinfoil halo. He's got to be the angel. Um, And we trot them all out. But there is one holiday memory, this children's choir. Mm-hmm. that we're about to hear singing the Angels' uh, carol. Tell me about mm-hmm. them. The Spencerville Choir, right?
1: It, well, they're, they're a wonderful choir made up. Uh, first of all, are called Adventist Children's Chorus. Okay. And they are made up of kids, if I'm remembering right, from about the fourth grade to the eighth grade, maybe third to eighth grade. So this is a, a young choir. Um, they are in Maryland. The director of the choir, at least at that time, when, when we made this special, was Jane Lanning and her associate was Robert Martinez and the beautiful, rich sounds of these children's voices are incredible, Sean. I remember um, when I first got to know the choir, there's a choir competition every year in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Right. And um, these kids very often win, not only for their category, their age category, but overall.
0: Do they win chocolate? I mean, if the thing is in Hershey, Pennsylvania, <laughs> the, the grand prize must be chocolate.
1: Well, but it's actually at a site not um, not connected with okay. Hershey itself. It's just in the town of Hershey, but the kids get to go to Hershey, park after it's wonderful okay
0: well yeah. listen let, instead of talking about it let's let people hear it let's this is listen. the angels yes. carol and this is the group in spencerville the name again adventist children's, Course. adventist
1: children's chorus adventist
0: children's chorus angels carol enjoy this I know, you, I know you can't see this out there folks, but I watched my wife melt a little bit as those little kids were singing. What <laughs> oh, most people don't realize is I actually had the lead in that. You did? Oh yeah, I'm the angelic voice there at the top. <laughs> and But you know, if people wanted to watch that for themselves, it's actually a TV production. It's called mm-hmm. Peace on Earth, right? We can get Earth. that at the Voice of Prophecy website. You can get that DVD and maybe share it with your family and friends. Absolutely. A little shameless promotion from the people at the Voice of Prophecy. But go to voiceofprophecy.com go to the store and look for Peace on Earth. There's all kinds of stuff from that. One of the best children's choirs I've ever heard. Listen, yes. what are we going to hear next, yes. Jean? What well, are we going to hear you next? know,
1: Sean, the voice of prophecy would not be the voice of prophecy without the king's heralds. No, that's true.
0: You know, that's they true.
1: are a longtime favorites of our listeners, and the heralds obviously have changed members over the decades, and today they're no longer directly associated with Voice of Prophecy, which, of course, is the well, ministry that brings us disclosure. Well, not directly. We're close
0: friends, though, Right. Disclosure. Yeah.
1: right. They're, they're still, we still work together, we collaborate together, and it was a real privilege to collaborate and and invite them to be a part of Peace on Earth, this Christmas special right. we did in Maryland. Right. Um, they're definitely still good friends. Oh, great guys. Yeah. Everybody should look them up. The Absolutely. King's, King's Herald. So what are they going to sing? Well, l- you know, I would love to hear what I think is their signature Christmas piece. And I believe that you listening will love this piece by the King's Herald. It's called The Little Drummer.
0: Boy. Oh, yeah. We've got to play Little Drummer. Boy. Mm-hmm. All right. Roll it, guys. Drum, drum, drum. Crumb, crumb, crumb they come. All right. Those guys are good. The King's Heralds <laughs> are, are good. You know what's amazing. interesting about that? Every time they go out to sing, if I'm at one of their events, mm-hmm. um, we often do things together. The Voice of Prophecy and King's Heralds are intricately connected. Mm-hmm. I try to guess what they're going to wear so that I can wear the same thing and maybe they'll let me in. But apparently it's just a quartet. <laughs> they would let me in, you know, but somebody's oh. going to have to die before I get into the King's Heralds. Yeah. So would you believe that I'm actually like the really high voice in there? That was me. I,
1: I, don't, I wouldn't believe
0: oh, that. Oh, no, no. What they did, I they p- held my hand in a car door, slammed it, and then I would hit the high note. Exactly the right, and then they <laughs> auto tune it, and oh, uh, the King's Herald. Yeah, you know what? This has actually almost got me in the mood. I almost almost, almost because at least we get to talk about Jesus folks I mean the, the really the real thing I we all know like we all know it's not really the time of year Jesus was born it was probably more like September but this is our big chance to celebrate this idea that God stepped into our world in human flesh became one of us lived his life for us died for us is coming again for us and I want everybody listening to think about that. You know, a lot of people think God doesn't love them. He just doesn't. People go through life assured that God doesn't want you. Mm. But look at everything He's done for you. Mm-hmm. He not only—I mean, He not only gave His life for you. He came here, lived among us. He understands what it's like to be here. Uh, the Book of Hebrews tells us we have a high priest in heaven—that's Jesus—who is acquainted with how we live. He's acquainted with our suffering. He understands our feelings and the afflictions we go through. And the Bible says that because of that, we can step boldly into the throne room of grace and ask for help. If anything, the birth of Christ demonstrates that God cares so intimately about you that He was willing to step out of glory and come here to make sure that you would be part of His eternal kingdom forever. Mm. Well, we've got a lot more to, to go. There's a there's a little break coming up again, Gene. I think after mm-hmm. the break, we're probably going to hear from Del Delker, and I'll let you talk about her oh, in a moment wonderful. when we come back from the, the break. We're going to hear some opinions from children. You're not going to want to miss that. <laughs> and again, those of you joining us on the air right now, we're hoping that the holiday season is not just a great time for your family. But it's a blessed time that you'll take a moment too to sit down and talk to your children about who Jesus is, why he's important and how much God loves them. So, this is our special holiday edition of Disclosure at the Voice of Prophecy. My name is Sean Boonstra. I'm sitting in studio with the lovely and talented Jean Boonstra, whom I have known for the better part of 80 years. And <laughs> the uh, part you of know, what? Well, but Um, We're hoping that you're enjoying the holiday season every bit as much as we are. And take time. Again, I plead with you, take time to study Jesus, who he is. We're about to take a break. I want you to listen to this important offer from the Voice of Prophecy so you can get to know the Jesus who became one of us a little bit better. And then we'll be right back after this. Creation evolution. Where did the world come from? Where did you come from? Were you created in an instant? Did you evolve from another animal or life species? These are issues that are discussed in classrooms, textbooks, and sometimes around your break table at work when the conversation suddenly turns serious. These kinds of questions are answered in our free Discover Bible Guides. These 26 beautifully illustrated guides cover all the major themes of the Bible and they answer some of the hardest questions of life. You can get your free copy just for the asking by contacting me, go to VOP.com and click on the tab that says study. That's VOP.com, the tab that says study or phone me, 888-456-7933. That's 888-456-7933 for your free Discover Bible Guides, available just for the asking. Jean I think it's probably time for a little bit of Del Delker here. I mean, it is the oh. voice of prophecy. Let's talk about her for a moment.
1: Sure. Voice of Prophecy Christmas. What a wonderful memory and music to include, which is Del Delker. Now, Sean, she was a soloist um, with the Voice of Prophecy for many, many years. People, I think, automatically when they hear her name, associate her with, with the Voice of Prophecy. Um, we heard the King's Heralds before the break. Del often accompanied them on trips. She was the soloist for their pieces. And she has a beautiful, rich, lovely voice that takes us back to wonderful Christmas memories of the past.
0: Okay, so what are we going to hear? I think it's L- Mary's Boy. Child by Del Delker. So, guys, if you've got the look, this is going to date me. If you've got the platters ready to spin, let's spin the platter.
4: <laughs> a long time ago, when Bethlehem sold the holy vine. Say, Mary's boy child, Jesus Christ was born on Christmas day. Hark! Now hear the angels singing, a new king. Flock by night They see a bright new shining star Then hear a choir sing so bright The music seemed to come from afar Now Joseph and his wife Mary Come to bed. Beth- Christmas Day. Hark! Now hear the angels sing it. A new King is born today, and man will live forevermore because of Christmas Day. Christmas Day.
0: All right. I am so glad we ran that. I mean, it wouldn't be the holiday season without having no. Del Delker on the Voice of Beautiful. Prophecy. Yeah, here's another one. I want to go back to that children's course because they did a number. I mean, we. I want Silent Night in here somewhere. Mm-hmm. And there was a medley they did with our soloist, Christine Woolman, And she's an award-winning soloist, one of my favorites. She's worked with me for years. And I think what we'll do is we'll listen to the children's choir sing with Christine Woolman, And when we get out of that song, I'll tell you a little secret about Christine Woolman that very few people know. And if she's listening, <laughs> uh, sit tight. Christine, you'll be surprised by what I say maybe. So, let's listen to that. The Children's Chorus again, the Adventist Children's Chorus with Christine Woolman. Peace on Earth. Secret about Christine Woolman is that twenty years ago when I met her, uh, I didn't know she could sing. Some guys, this guy, this lady can sing. She's going to sing for you. I said, Ah, oh, everybody thinks they can sing, and I almost didn't let her. Mm-hmm. But she's an amazing vocalist um, and has been singing with me now. Well, I don't sing, but she's been singing at my meetings and so on for mm-hmm. oh, almost the last twenty years. She'll never want to admit that she's been you know working with me that long. <laughs> but here's what we're going to hear now, Gene. Uh, first, we're going to hear some kids talking about. Oh Holy Night. Christine's going to sing Oh Holy Night for us. It's everybody's favorite. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that we get it in on this program. But first, we ask some kids. You ask some I kids. Ask some They're going to hear you, what, yeah.
1: What Oh Holy Night means to them?
0: What is Oh Holy Night? What right. does Oh Holy Night mean to you? So, first we'll hear the kids, and then Christine will lead into Oh Holy Night.
1: One of the songs that your group is singing with Miss Christine Woolman is Oh Holy Night. Can you tell me why you think that is called Oh Holy Night? Uh, it's. I feel like it's called a holy night because God is bringing his
2: son to earth so he could save all of us, so he could go with him to heaven.
1: Well, just to think that, you know, God has sent Jesus to this earth to save us just makes it all the more special, and I would say that's what makes it holy. Cool.
2: It was just so holy that night when Jesus was born, and all the shepherds and all the wise men just came from... Different places, just around the world, and it
1: was just so nice when born that just... night
2: there was a new safer border. So I guess that was really cool. A new king was being born, and he was gonna take o- he was gonna take over the world to make it better and happier.
0: Christine Wallman with the Adventist Children's Chorus singing live in uh, Silver Spring, or in the Silver Spring region in Washington, D.C. Gene, that is it. We are out of time for this week. And uh, so what we want to do from the Voice of Prophecy is wish all of you the very best these holidays. May your new year be a rich experience with Jesus. Uh, If you enjoyed today's songs, there's so much more from that program we did. And you can find it at the VOP website, voiceofprophecy.com. Look in the store and look for Peace on. But until the new year, until we meet again, may God's richest blessings be on you and yours. Thanks for listening.